Hi, and welcome to Our Hood with your hosts, Jesse and Jinx. Our goal is to create a space of belonging and a community full of love and support because every human longs and deserves a home in this life. Jakes. And today we decided we wanted to talk about the abundance mindset. And <laughs> you know, like can't, can't stop it, it happens. You just have an abundance of yeah. calls, that's the real <laughs> truth. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Two and one. Opportunity is calling you. Yeah. Um, so the abundance uh, mindset, I think it's like abundance versus scarcity and just like the power of thinking about it. Yeah. I know recently um, I've been talking a lot more about abundance mindset with different people and I have come to learn how much I'm in the scarcity mindset and how much I've been in the scarcity mindset before like yeah. with friends yeah. I think like oh I don't want to do this or that because I don't want to lose my friends over it it's always about <coughs> what am I doing that's going to make me have less and less and less yeah and, and obviously right now during COVID right it's a time when probably most people don't actually have a lot of abundance or, or even like financial abundance specifically, but, yeah. and it's, it's really easy. And I find myself doing it constantly kind of getting in these, you know, scarcity type mindsets and just, uh, uh, paying careful, you know, attention to like the language I use and, and different things like that, that kind of, you know, made me realize like, wow, I'm, I'm acting in this mindset a lot more than I actually thought I was. You know? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, like, when I think about like stocks, he texted me that Adam, <laughs> yeah. Cosmos, Cosmos yeah, Adam. Is up today? I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to put in because I don't know if I have enough money. Yeah. For, like in a few months, but I, I do. <laughs> and abundance mindset would be like, if you have enough, then you're not going to like be starving yourself, and I should just put it in and think that I'll have more, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. out there. In yeah. A negative way. Yeah. But uh, again, like we, like, it, and the trick with abundance really is recognizing there's there's it's such a big piece right like there's there's the financial aspect which is just such a major piece and it kind of like rules all of us in a way like as much as we can hate money and as much as we maybe want to disassociate from you know money type stereotypes and different things you know it's still like a necessary part of our world and a necessary part for all of us to survive and so you know how do we kind of have that abundant mindset overall even in those times where there are some financial scarcity for us yeah well i mean like then for you how do you have the abundance mindset because i know for me it's (laughs) it's so hard yeah in the world right now not to get political there's a lot of political things that are run off of scarcity mindset like i don't want to give to this program because then there's less for me or like Mm. like then like what's going to be left i know a lot of like social security talk is like why are we paying into it if it's not going to exist? For not going to be there for us, yeah. And that's, whether it's right or wrong, that that's true or false, it's still scarcity mindset of, like, there's not going to be enough at the end rather than focusing on amplifying the abundance. Sure. And I think it's, like, a delicate line when, uh, and, and this has been kind of the line that I've walked this year a lot is, um, you know, still wanting to take care of others and still wanting to do that, and yet at the same time, like, that that re- reaction of like, I do need to look after me and my own, right? Like I, you have to, um, you know, for me, it's like, I have to, I have to know that I can take care of, you know, my wife and my kids and, uh, have them live a life that, you know, I want them to have before 
in some way, like giving to others or, or doing that for others. And so that's a delicate line, you know? I mean, like, it, it, you can't, you know, I mean, it's, you, you can't feel bad if you do need to, like, kind of hold on and you do need to maybe not be as, as giving otherwise or, or donating or, you know, giving to different programs and stuff. But at the same time, um, you know, I think it's, it's just trying to find that middle ground, right? Like, what can you do? You know, I still, even though I haven't been able to support those charities like I did before, there'll be times that something pops up. Like, honestly, I kind of do it when something positive happens to me. Like, I, I feel like something's getting close or, like, had a really good phone call or, like, some different things like this that I kind of feel is, like, pushing me on my way. Like, I'll just send 40, 50 bucks to um, some of these people because I know it's a significant amount to help them buy food for their for their stuff. And so, you know, it's, it's just kind of like finding that middle ground that works uh, for you individually. Like, what are you able to... Uh, you know, not only give, invest, like, you know, riskier things that you're putting stuff to. And then like, what do you need immediately? And, and even long-term for your situation with whether it's you individually, you as a couple or you as a family. Yeah. I mean, like, what are like the specific things that you factor into your, do I have enough <laughs> to be in the abundance? See, that, that's tricky. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm like, what's that line for people out there that yeah. like, are almost always in the scarcity mindset yeah. and have never been able to get into the abundance mindset. Yeah. Like that line well, is so gray. It's well, and, and what you learn, simple. what you learn is no matter how much money you earn, you always still find your own way to like kind of live in that, right? Which truly, mm-hmm. it becomes a mindset thing. Like uh, for me, I'm I'm like a long term planner, and so when COVID hit and something with our company hit, I'm like, okay, I've got three years. Like that was what I had as in my assets. I'm like, okay, I have three years worth of what I need to live at, like at the rate I want to live with my family before it runs out. But you know, it had taken me eight years of like very successful business to even reach that point, right. To like reach that and accumulate. But that's also kind of the life of an entrepreneur. Like I was explaining that to my son who was asking me, he just asked me two nights ago, I think what, like what amount do you put towards savings? What amount do you like to have in cash? Like he was just asking me like some of these like financial questions which was cool coming from the 14 year old you know because i can already see he's got some savvy frugal mindset to him actually so i funny story just off of even i made a deal with my dad when i was probably 14 or 15 mm. to buy my first car and we, we made a deal that for every dollar that i put in to yeah. the car he would match it yep we have a similar deal yeah, yeah. So I did that, and then when I turned 16, I changed my mind. I was like, how about my senior gift is a trip to Europe? So like, mm. I don't buy a car, I'll just senior trip to Europe, and he mm. said, deal. Then I get to my senior trip to Europe, and <laughs> it's college, and I'm like, yeah. also ready for college. So I was like, how about dollar for dollar college, and or like this other thing? Yeah. And I did that, and it was dollar for dollar wedding. <laughs> and then I think That's the great. payout was dollar for dollar wedding. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we have, uh, I've, I've told him, you know, him specifically with any of his DJ stuff, like if he wants new sound packs, new software, even new, like a new computer or like even these higher value items, I've kind of told him, I'll go dollar for dollar with you. And same with my girls and their animation softwares and different things is, is I want you to be personally invested in it, right? I want yeah. you to have, have investment as well. Everything can't just come uh, from us in perpetuity. And so I think that's a, a great way, especially to motivate kids to, to get them, you know, thinking, especially some of these bigger things can be overwhelming. They look mm-hmm. scary. They look like it's going to take them a year to save up for. But, you know, if they know that uh, they've got your support and that it's something that, you know, they really want to do and really commit to, then, I mean, by the time they get it, it's awesome. And it becomes reachable when you're at yeah. the right price and Yeah. But 
Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> just on that note, it just that just reminds me so much of myself when I was younger. Yeah. Mindset. But I think, like, kind of coming back to what I was saying earlier about no matter what bracket you're at, it's it's just a mental thing whether you want to exist in scarcity or whether you want to exist in abundance. And because, like, even at that three years, like, I've still had panic times throughout throughout this year, right? I'm only nine months into it, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, I already see my accounts getting lower. And it's like, well, duh, like, you knew, you know, like you, you, you set up this plan and just because you're eight months into it and you uh, haven't, you know, set up any kind of like significant income thing, it doesn't, it hasn't changed that plan. Right. And so it's, it's my, my mental, you know, makeshift of how I'm, I'm looking at that situation I have. And so honestly, the biggest thing like this week, this last week's been really big. I've noticed like a natural gratitude kind of coming in. And so I've wanted to do some kind of gratitude daily, but it's weird. It's like one of those things that almost like is resistant for me. It's, it's hard for me to wake up in the morning and like practice gratitude and just say all the things I'm thankful for. And now it's kind of coming a little more naturally and I just think about it more naturally. And it, maybe it's even the situation I've been in where it has been, you know, I guess nine or 10 months since that initial point. And, you know, I have seen my accounts go down, but I'm, I'm just trying to look at what I have today, like, and be grateful for, like, where I'm at today. And basically, would, you know, 99% of the world trade that, uh, you know, financial situation? Like, yes. And, and so, you know, why, why me? Like, this is why I say, like, no matter where you are, no matter what your, what your financial, you know, setup is, in some way, unless we're kind of willing to change that internal makeup, you know, we're going to feel that scarcity at, at every point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's actually a Netflix show. I wouldn't recommend it if you don't <laughs> like horror, but it just really reminds me of that mentality. Like, um, when I was in college, I always tried to find a way, like, over Christmas time to make sure that there was, like, canned food that I could go get from the homeless shelter. Like, mm. go and buy fresh food or canned food. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I'm living on a college budget, which is nothing. And yeah, sure. <laughs> now I have, like, a software engineer job, which pays pretty well, but I am not still doing that, and it's, like, because I have all these other bills to pay. Yeah. Really, I definitely have the means. Um, but it just reminds me of this show, because uh, there's this Netflix show where, like, there's a level thing that goes up and down, and yeah. there's food on that thing, and mm. there's two Oh, people. I've seen that. It, yeah. It's pretty gory. Yeah, it does. It's but pretty intense. Enough- delicious food that goes down these levels that everyone could probably yeah. eat but the people at the top are just yeah. so starving and think that there's not they're going to be transferred to a lower level soon. yeah exactly so they just take as much as they can yep um but then so then the bottom levels don't get anything which just feeds this like yeah. dog eat dog world yeah exactly um and i won't give away the movie but that's like the basic plot of it and it's like, how often do we get in the scarcity mindset? And it fuels the scarcity mindset in others because yeah. of this dog-eat-dog world where it's like, well, I can't do that. Like, there's times when I'm out with friends or family and that scarcity mindset comes up. So then it feeds me to be like, oh, well, I see you. You're actually really financially stable. Like, I know the job you have. Yeah. I know the things that you can and can't afford. I know... Yeah. The extra stuff that you're buying on the side, <laughs> yeah. but you can't afford this. Yeah, I get that it's not like managing money, but it's the verbiage. Yeah, that turns me to it'd be like, well, I'm definitely not you know close to where you're at, so maybe I should protect my assets closer. Yeah, sure. 
then my friends will protect theirs closer and it just creates that negative world. So you were saying earlier before the podcast, you had a moment this week where it was abundance versus scarcity. Yeah. It was, it, what words were you using? I mean, just tell the story, but yeah, what words were you using that were scarcity mindset? Yeah, it was, it was like specific to a story I was talking about my daughter um, going into the hospital. We, we just kind of came over the discussion about how pricey hospital bills are and how they can kind of like wreck people financially and I've had a lot of you know I've had several friends that have kind of gone through that and still have medical bills that they still pay off and so um, you know my daughter it was 16 months ago right around Halloween of 2019 uh, she got admitted to primary children's hospital I think I remember that. yeah for pneumonia I I met you. yeah and and we took her to an, to a um, just like an instacare and her oxygen, she was only getting like 80 some percent, where normal is like 97 to 100%. And so they took her by ambulance up to <coughs> primary children's. And then they even had her in the ICU for a couple of days. But it was always just like oxygen. They just had like a mask on her and whatnot. And and I was, you know, I was like kind of complaining about how fucking expensive that yeah, is. You I'm know? racking like, that up in my head. Yeah. Like working with like EMTs and stuff is like $500 for that ambulance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like another 500 for the well, well, that that was like, that was the stinging point too. Is like the ambulance alone was like $2,800. And I was like, fuck it. Like, yeah, I was like, well, we drove her to the Instacare. Like I, we could have driven her up there, you know, like there wasn't like a, it wasn't an emergency like type situation because then she was in normal for a bit and then they still weren't getting her up. So they put her in the ICU and I think our total bill was like 38, 39,000 or something. And, uh, I, man, when I, when I realized what my individual deductible was, I thought it was like 3,500 or four grand for a family and it was 7,300 or something. I know. Apparently I have shitty insurance from my old company. I'm like. Small business insurance. That's the problem with that. I mean, that's a whole nother issue. Is, Becoming six, my stomach just listen yeah. to this because I'm like, oh my God. And this so. Like wrecks people. Yeah. And, and this is at a time when we had already cut back on, on, we weren't. Uh, distribute anymore or my lifestyle was probably 10 grand more a month than it is now like it was already at a point where I was working through my own financial declines and trying to find what my established financial you know kind of settling ground is Mm -hmm. and so uh, you know we worked out with the hospital to pay I think we I will pay them I don't know between them and the ambulance like $400 a month for the next you know two years or whatever from that point to pay it off and I was complaining about what it cost, right? And yet at the same time, like, so it, it was maybe 30 minutes later or after that conversation and I'd gone to bed and I was just, you know, I was in a really good thought space and I was like reinterpreting that discussion that I had had. And I was thinking, man, like the, the one thing that's the best thing out of that discussion is that my daughter's like great. Like that there was no lingering effect, that I had a sick child, that there was amazing medical care, up at Primary Children's, one of the like most renowned ones in the world, and I have a hel- a healthy, healthy, happy daughter, and like, what the fuck did I make money for if not to be able to spend it to like, you know, save my kid's life, right? And so, mm-hmm. when I looked at it that way, I was just like, God, why did I tell the story in such a, a tone of, of like the money and how much it costs, and like, of course I'm I'm happy she's you know she's good, but I, you know, it's just like, it just it it just made me analyze the way that I was telling a story. And the next time it's like, oh yeah, medical stuff's too high. I, you know, I want to acknowledge that too, but man, like how great that, you know, I have this, that I have my daughter, you know, happy and healthy. And, and that's just, that alone is like a big change in, in mindset, right? That's a much more abundant mindset than 
you know, kind of cursing what the medical costs are. Because again, if you make some money, like what else would it be better for than, you know, saving your kid's life, you know, or, or like, you know, being able to be there in that time. And so some, like something that simple alone, even if I, even if I feel like in general, my, my mindset might be abundant, I have these stories, right? Because at the time, right, that story had a lot of connected financial thing to me. I was just like, shit, like, I'm already like losing my salary. I'm already dealing with this. I'm already cutting back all of our financials. And so that specific memory at that time, I just remember thinking like, God, this is like the worst fucking time to have a big expense like this. And so what that's done is it's transferred over into my story so that like that's the story I remember and that's the story I tell yeah. to people as opposed to like the beautiful part of the story, which is having a healthy kid, you know. And so that that it was cool to 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 be able to like analyze it after the fact and see it and, and made me realize this is a story I want to change my tone on, you know. Yes, like I can I can talk about, you know, how how hospitals and different things can cost so much and do that, but um, and even related into my own personal story, but I could just kind of change the the tune of my story to the fact of, you know, like regardless, I'm just grateful to to have her home with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's more like changing just the the script or the plot of the story. It's like it's not about the medical bills. It's about like, yeah, they can be really hard, and I learned like my insurance doesn't get that. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, I learned like the real reason I have a job. Yeah. And the real reason that I want to get uh, a stable income back up to where I want it to be at. Yeah. So like, these bills can't hit me. They can make me save my daughter and also have enjoyable vacations with yeah, sure. too. It's interesting that that's the story because like, you know me, I have a heart condition. Yeah. Um, and I remember growing up, there were times and I still love my parents and this is no trash on them, but I think this feeds into like the scarcity mindset that I have. There were times where I would like go ride my bike without a helmet or <laughs> do some dumb shit that like could hurt me and yeah. take me to the hospital. And because I was already a hospital kid, like multiple open heart surgeries, I have valves in me, all sorts of shit. Um, they would not be like, that's so dumb, you're going to die. would be like, that's so dumb. Do you know how much money we've already put into you? Mm. And like, do you know how much your last surgery cost is? Yeah. Or do you know how much your valve costs? So like, or when I'm not taking my meds, mm. my dad or my mom used to be like, do you know how much the <laughs> hospital bills were and, like, how much that valve cost that's inside yeah. of you for you not to be taking your meds? Yeah. And it's coming from that place of, like, we already spent so much money on you. Don't make us spend more. Yeah. We don't have any. But it made me feel unloved mm. because it was like, oh, I'm just a number to them. Like, yeah. at what point have they spent enough money on me that they don't want me anymore? They yeah. don't want to spend more money on me. Like, yeah. out of all of my, and I think my siblings have this too. Again, no trash on them. I love my parents and I love my siblings. But I think <laughs> there's times where like my siblings and I will be reminiscing about childhood and talking. And one of my siblings will be like, well, I didn't get that thing. Or I didn't get this. And like mom and dad didn't said they always said they didn't have enough money for this. And inevitably, there's like a side glance my way or some type of look where like, yes, you got a lot. She got a lot of money put into her. It was like money to save my life. Sure. Versus money to fuel their interests of like, and I I think, uh, and it's turned my mindset into this scarcity. Like, I don't ever want to be a financial burden. I have to always have enough money. So 
to keep me alive. Yeah, and I think, like, in the connection, because, like, what I'm seeing there and, you know, what I'm realizing as I was speaking here earlier is I had that emotion at that time of that expense, right? And so it's like, you know, your parents are having this strong, like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're now we have to set aside this and we have to readjust this. And so they have this heavy, like, financial emotion kind of, like, tied to that. And so... Again, like it's our language of how we use that, how we say that. Because I've even joked with Sophie about, "God's still paying on your medical bills or whatever, right?" And and um, you know, it's like I, the last time I did it, it felt a lot more loving than maybe like some of the other times. But but it's like it's yeah, like that's a heavy weight that I hadn't even really considered that you're putting on putting yeah. on a child in that respect. And and yeah, that's tough. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's really hard because like little kids don't know how much money is, and so they're like, I don't. You're still paying on my medical bills? Yeah. That was a year and a half ago. Yeah, sure. I had a whole different group of friends back then. I, like, had three different boyfriends in that time. My God, that's a long amount of time to, like, still be paying for me. And, like, does that mean that I'm the reason that, like, my brother can't get this and that? And am I the reason that? And so then you start, like, trying to... it's almost like I developed a scarcity mindset from the financial burden that I placed on my parents yeah. with my life. Um, I developed a scarcity mindset of other things. It was like, well, because I took so much money yeah. um, for my medical bills, I better not ask for emotional mm. support. I better not ask for mm. like new school clothes. Yeah. Like, I even still have that today. Like, um, whenever Christmas comes around mm-hmm. or like my birthday comes around, I always ask for less than my siblings mm. do, whether it's like still ingrained amount of yeah. things or yeah. financially, because it's like, well, they've already put yeah. <laughs> probably like five, six hundred K into me. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I know my valve alone costs all of your medical bills oh, for wow, Sophie, crazy. And it's yeah. just yeah. those teeny tiny pieces. Yeah, of that's crazy. <laughs> so uh, it's just it definitely like feeds into other things, but I have started to turn around like scarcity mindset. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I I will ask for what I want, and I don't need them to get me other things. But it's not out of scarcity mindset. It's out of like because like I love them and I don't need them. Like yeah. I I have or it's out of like I have so much money I can buy that for myself now. Yeah. So yeah. I try to put it into an abundance frame of mind yeah. still the same pattern still not asking for it, <laughs> but it's out of an abundance yeah. mentality of like yeah uh, no I have enough money for me to buy that so I'll just have my parents buy me like the little thing for my birthday so they can feel like they love me <laughs> but <laughs> I get to like buy the actual shit that I want yeah that's funny <laughs> yeah it, it really you know it, it really is like your current situation and what is your mindset within that situation? And sadly, the mindset of scarcity is something that just carries through all the time, and it's something that we'll always be dealing with, and that's fine. I think that's just part of our, part of our lesson and, and part of our journey, but that kind of like, you know, what do we do to flip that around? I think, you know, being conscious of the stories we tell, be conscious that there's connected emotion to all of those things, right? And so it's not, it's not as simple like those those stories and different things, they're they're just like programs that we have established, right? They're programs in our brain that are established, and so when that opportunity comes up, it's just like repeat program, you know, state this story, you know, in the way that the way that you know it from them. So it, it I mean, you know, scarcity, it's it's almost like a trauma healing type thing, like re- resolving these traumas, resolving, uh, you know, where you learn scarcity today, 
so like I said, gratitude's been kind of my biggest thing to get past that, that scarcity mm -hmm. uh, mindset and to keep me positive. And uh, I did a clearing today with my uh, coach, uh, Lori Kinsey. She's amazing. I'll promote her on here because she's incredible. What is she coach for? Uh, I just kind of, I do a... Um, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Like she does, she does a thing called the spiral. And it's basically like releasing traumas through your youth and different stuff and just kind of allowing you to see them in a different light as a way to, you know, just release kind of okay. different things that you, you and your physical body are kind of holding on to, you know, bigger than just your energetic body, body physical body. Yeah, it does, right? And so today we did one uh, around gratitude. And usually we do current life, but we did like a past life uh, regression around gratitude as well and just kind of like a releasing of some of these old generational traumas because if people don't think that if you don't think you're the makeup of like your whole like your generations of family like you are truly you know you you're holding on to traumas that people may have experienced four generations ago and it's just affected the third generation affected the second generation affected the first and even though there may be like some growth patterns within there like you still have the dna of that trauma like in your physical body and so uh you know working on these kind of like deep uh, you know, uh, regression type past life traumas as well as working on, I think personal life's the best way to start personal life stuff, regression, past life, and then even like quantum field, like, you know, holding on to traumas that exist in the world in general, right? And that you are connected to because you are, a, you know, an integral part, I mean, yeah, of the world. And like, honestly, there's a part of us in every other person, right? And so like our, I, I think our energy exists in, in everyone. Like we, we are all part of, of this big cosmic net that that we exist in and so there's trauma that carries like through all of those you know it's not just what you've been through in your life there's there's things that have been in past and so whatever you can do in those ways to kind of like resolve these issues around and like I said for me my solution was gratitude once I started having gratitude I feel like I live in abundance more often because I'm more conscious of what I currently have yeah rather than focusing on what you've lost yeah to get the yeah like, yeah with your daughter it's like if you focus on Sophie and her health and all these things you forget about the financial yeah. burden but if you focus on the financial burden you lose sight of like exactly. I have a grooming <laughs> Yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, past like your past lives and like you're the makeup of your generations because yeah. I started going back I was like okay so I have a scarcity mindset because of the way my parents dealt with my medical bills Yeah. I was like well my mom I don't know if I could like pin down her scarcity mindset, but my dad's scarcity mindset hella comes from the fact that my grandpa worked on a farm and there yep. were many times that they ate shit out of the like cupboards that was like years old and molded. Like it was mm. normal for him to like go down to their cellar and be like, well, I guess <laughs> yeah. uh, we didn't store up just enough. Yeah. So we're rationing the last couple months of the year. Don't yeah. Wanna, this farmer thing, um, and I don't know where it goes back from there, but yeah. I mean, that's how my dad learned it to how I learn it, and so like I'm the generation that can change it for yeah. my kids or even like the people that are in my life. Yeah, exactly. Of like, no, 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 like I'm so grateful that I get to pay yeah. this bill to save your <laughs> life. Like, I would give anything yeah. to you know keep you alive, and I know that's my dad's mindset, but it's not his vocalization. So. Yeah, sure. And what you say becomes yeah. truth and actualized. Yeah, within that, one of my integration activities to kind of do after is look at uh, wealth patterns like within like my family tree and see, mm -hmm. see where I can establish that there might have been some major like uh, trauma around wealth, right? Like, uh, 
I know on my mom's side, for example, uh, there's nine of them in their family with their parents. They lived in a 700-square-foot home. Like, they came from bare bones, nothing as well. And so, uh, but I do remember her telling me that, like, a lot of the land, like, as you go up to Lagoon, you know where that there's that refinery? Like, yeah. kind of right when you, right up near Bountiful. She was telling me that this, all this land and all that, a lot of land extended out there was all owned within their family. And then, I don't know if it was, like, upon statehood or federal government something, but just kind of came in and wiped it out. And Lori was telling me her family has a similar thing in Hawaii, where when Hawaii was made a state, you know, government came in and took like a lot of the lands of the family. And so that's kind of like, boom, wealth, wealth trauma right there, like abundance trauma, you know? And so then what did, what did those following generations do after this happened? And so, like I said, you'll see growth throughout it, but you're, you're kind of living in this under this kind of, you know, massive trauma that, that happened among abundance or among wealth yeah. to your family and then just seeing that how that, that how that gets sent to you eventually. Well, it's so easy to get stuck in it, too, because, like, I mean, if your parents are good parents, and I think most of us, like, when we talk, yeah. they're not horrible, shitty, abusive, <laughs> and I never want anyone to do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're good enough that you trust their advice, but their advice is coming from a place of trauma. Sure. And a place of their generation's past trauma. Yeah. So... Like, I always listen to my dad. He always was telling me about crypto, and he, like, <laughs> I went on the retreat. Negatively about crypto. <laughs> and I went on the retreat this weekend, and uh, he called me, like, five times. And I thought, <laughs> for a minute, my mom was dead. Like, yeah. why is my dad calling me so much yeah, my sure. mom's not? Something's wrong with my mom. Yeah. But it's midnight, so I don't call him. Like, it's probably crypto. It's probably crypto. <laughs> call him the next day, and he's like, yeah, crypto dropped down to 30 again. And that's his, like, scarcity mindset being because yeah. he experienced, like, most people experienced when the stock market crashed like, yeah. in the early 2000s. He experienced a big loss there. So mm. I think he's like, Jess, I'm trying to say yeah, you. Yeah, doesn't but want at it the same to time, too. I'm yeah. like, I put in that $3,000 mark. <laughs> Call me when it hits 10 and I'll get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I know I could get more, but, like. I'm just going to sit in the chance that it could be more. Yeah. Like, it could go up from 30 to 50 or 50 to 80. Yeah. And as long as I'm up, I'm up. Yeah. So I think the first thing is, like, recognizing where your own lack of abundance comes from. Like, yep. what, like, your immediate trauma that just happened to you, like, why do I feel like I don't have enough? And flip the script of what you do have. Yeah. And it's like, go back a generation. Why did they feel that? Why, like, when I hear my dad tell me about crypto listen like take it as his advice but with the grain of salt of like you went through the stock market crash and I didn't yeah you went through a childhood of being on a farm sure. and I didn't which is great lessons but also great trauma yeah and did the lessons teach you the right or the wrong thing and are you acting on the right or wrong well thing? and that's kind of how this the scarcity carries on no matter what like you, you know you like you, like you said you have a great job it does it pays pretty it pays really well and so it's yeah. like um and yet it's still easy to exhibit that same behavior because it's tied to, um, you know, our own traumas within these different things, but then also like the way that others talk to us. And you, you know, I think one of the biggest points you made earlier was how your own scarcity or abundance can influence that around you too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you're constantly receiving it and you feel like you're kind of seeing that scarcity mindset from other people, um, you know, it is hard to kind of like turn your own switch and be like, Nope, that's not, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm receiving it in the way that, I know what you went through. I understand uh, the emotional uh, connection that you had to those moments, and that's great. But, you know, I'm going to receive it in this way, and I'm going to portray it in this way in my own life. Yeah. And then I was just reading this book. I think it was, like, either The End of Soul or 10% Happier is 
probably what it was. 100% happier. And the guy talks about meditation. And one of the things that he, one of the lessons he learned is like, it's fine to worry about something until it becomes like unhelpful. Yeah. So I think that's like, oh, I super say that important. same thing. That's probably, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's probably, that's probably yeah. the line. When we're talking about like the line, it's like, yeah, it's fine to worry about your finances until it becomes unhelpful. Yeah. Or it's fine to worry about losing things until it becomes unhelpful. So yeah. when I think about like medical bills, it's like, yeah, I need to worry about it and make sure that I have my funding in place yeah. like you did. You mm-hmm. check that you have three years worth to live off of and then buffer room of whatever. Yep. So if big expenses come up. So when that thing comes in and hits you like an asteroid, you can be like, oh shit, that sucks. Yep. Okay. Realign the finances. Worry's been taken care of. Yeah. And now let it go back go back into abundance. Yep. We're not talking about don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. Don't have savings. Don't save up for like when the market crashes yeah. or when yeah. COVID pandemic hits and you don't have six months to live off of. Yeah. Um, but once you have the six months to live off of, maybe yeah, and, and, and don't be hard on yourself in the process. Um, yeah. Like understand that if, if scarcity comes up, it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, look at these things as, as lessons, as tools. Um, and, and really, I mean, this goes along with self-help. This goes along with everything is it's almost like the quicker that we can realize uh, our actions or maybe like that our portrayals of, of these things and, and how we're doing it and kind of adjust to that, that's self, that's work, right? That's yes. self-work is, Good. it's not necessarily never being triggered. It's not never being anything. It's like how fast you recognize your own bullshit, how fast you recognize your bad patterns. And so, um, you know, I do another quick little story. I don't, I'm not sure if I told you this, but my, my rental down in Moab, I had a lady that stayed there for 17 days. I just found out she... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You you walked into it afterwards, right? Holy shit. I walked in and it smelled like pure bleach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so uh, above, like, how bad it kind of left the house in shape, the cat also scratched up uh, the cat, the couch with the sofa recliner on it. The leather couch, sofa recliner, it's like three, three, four grand. And um, I was just like, Fuck, you know, like okay, here we go. Do like, you pets? Uh, I have a pet thing. She didn't pay a pet deposit, but so I'm like, okay, what do I do? I reached out to the lady individually, and then I reached out to my management company, and they're like, we have insurance for this, like, and I showed them some of the pictures. Like, we'll cover a replacement because it's, there's just like holes all over the back of it. From yeah, you've seen, it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and and so again, I'm like looking at this. I'm like, okay, I'm not really gonna have. <coughs> a financial loss with uh, I should be able to get it get it uh, covered uh, they already said that they would they would pay it they'll pay it quickly and yet I'm still kind of like looking at this disastrous like uh you know and then I'm now what we decided to do this week is tomorrow we're going to take the kids down I'm kind of going to assess everything down there in person and I'm like oh I get a weekend down in Moab with my kids before the busy season starts uh, I've got to have a couch that I can, you know, bring up here or something. And yeah, it's, you know, it's got some holes, <laughs> holes in the leather, but it's a nice fucking couch still, you know, but I can't necessarily just keep that on display there. So it's like, I'll get a new couch. I mean, I'll get a new couch for there. I'll get, you know, paid back for it. I'll get to have this couch. I get to take a vacation with my kids. And so simply as like, you know, I felt like I recognized that one pretty quickly. Like my gone from scarcity back to 
abundance of like, oh, look at all of this that it's providing. Sure, it's a fucking hassle. Like, I don't want, I didn't want to deal with it. Like, the carpet cleaners have been down there today. Like, there's all this stuff that I didn't want to do. But at the same time, like, I'm looking at the positive of what that system or what that problem is like doing for me. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, I get a nice weekend with my kids before. Uh, busy season, I get another couch that I can bring up, and now I have a fold-away couch if people come to my house and, and need a place to sleep. And so, you know, I'm just like, oh, okay, this isn't that bad after all, you know? And sometimes, like, those positive things that come out of the negative aren't, like, enough to outweigh the negative. Sure, you know? yeah. If someone loses their job, uh, that's really hard to, like, live off of it. And there could be the positive of, like, at least I get to spend more time with my kids, yeah. which is great. But it's definitely, you amplify and focus on Yeah. Or I'm so grateful for, like, you know, just the fresh air. Yeah. And, I mean, like you said, the lost job is one of the hardest things. But, um, you know, being grateful for the unknown, being grateful for the change, like, uh, truly, if that happened, um, you know, there's something there's something out there for you, you know. And so Mm -hmm. I know the unknown's scary, and it's hard to, you know, I'm living in the unknown still, you know. it's I, I still haven't had anything hit. And yet at the same time, like, I'm grateful to not necessarily have the same anchors that I, I felt like I had before it, uh, with my previous company and different things. So it's, you know, it's, again, it's just how you look at it. It's how you're willing to shape it. And, yes, you're right. Like, some really bad things can happen, and it's hard to pull any kind of positive from it. And, and maybe that's where, you, like you're saying, you're looking to all the external things that are around you and all the cool things that that are just life in general and all the cool things that you could be grateful for. But, you know, turning turning that mindset, shifting, like flipping that switch and... And I, I mean, that's, that for me has been the greatest, you know, greatest thing this last week is just that as I've practiced gratitude, it just becomes a lot more natural. And then as you're existing in gratitude, abundance becomes much more natural as opposed to scarcity. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway because I feel like both of us are talking from a little bit of a place of privilege where you have enough of a financial buffer to like live for a few sure. years. and. I always am financially aware enough to have a buffer of at least six months. Yep. And some people, they are living paycheck to paycheck and yep. they lose their jobs. And if they, that's you out there, that is horrible. I'm so sorry. Reach out. Like, we are here to support you. This is our Definitely. hood. Definitely. part of that hood. But if the littlest thing that you can get, even if you are living paycheck to paycheck and uh, you don't have a job now and all things are going bad, like, how much more important is it to have a positive mindset to like push you through the next day to get you to get into that interview to get the job so you can start creating abundance again like it doesn't do any good to stay in the negative longer than it gives you benefit and so even if you're like coming at us from a place of like well I'm going to be homeless in two weeks and you're talking from a place of you have stuff to still live off of it's like yeah but the positive mindset will reward you because going into that interview you're going to be able to like think better be on your game not be in a worried place yep so the number one benefit of gratitude is the positive brain that it will give yeah, you even yeah. if there's that's the only thing to be grateful for is i'm grateful <laughs> that i have the ability to think gratefully oh uh, well know, done yeah is that it, it can be enough to get you through i agree pretty shit spot that's been close to 
rock bottom and that positive brain is the only thing that yeah. did anything. Yeah, fully agree. And just, you know, I, I think another key takeaway was, is we've talked a lot about, you know, uh, finances and related to abundance, but abundance is, is so much bigger than that. And, and abundance is friendships, abundance is love, abundance mm-hmm. is all these things. And, and so, you know, it's easier to live maybe an abundance of some of those things and, and positivity towards some of those things. But at the same time, like we can get in scarcity mindsets of, of friendships, of love, of different things. And, and again, it's as simple as, as flipping that switch and whatever it takes for you, whether it's gratitude or another method to, to kind of make that realization, make that change. You know, I mean, it's uh, sad to say as simple as that. Simple as that, hard to do. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like thinking of relationships, like it's definitely something that I know I'm in a scarcity mindset there too. It's like, well, I'm never going to be loved. Like after like being divorced and all these things, yeah. nobody's ever going to love me. After breakups, it's always like, well, they break up with me. I don't break up with them. Yep. So it's feeding into the scarcity. Mm. Scarcity. Or the last like two weeks, I've been like, no, I have so many people that love me. I have so many <laughs> Yeah. Me. I have so many like <laughs> requests coming my way. And the moment I started doing that, I like had three different friends set mm. me up. Oh, awesome. I've never been set up on a Nice. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and then uh, probably going on, like, my third or fourth recurrent date with the same guy from a dating site. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> there you go. Maybe they really yeah. have something to this. Something to that mindset. So it's like, there's sometimes where I'm like, well, I kind of like this kid, so I don't want to bring other single ladies around because maybe they'll like, <laughs> the, he'll be or she'll be more into him than they're, they're into me. But I'm like, nah, like, yeah. Love fest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they bring boys that are actually more interested. (laughs) Abundance in everything is so important. Yeah. But thank you, thank you, Hood, for tuning in and listening to us, and we hope that you're able to tap into that abundance mindset no matter where you're at. And please reach out. Let us know what's going on in your life. Let's chat. What can we do? Yeah. And thanks to whoever on social media that posted this as a topic. Would love. Love more and more of these and love to incorporate some uh, topics that different people would like to be discussed. And yeah, this was one that hit home for both of us, and so it was a great one to discuss. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Our Hood. We hope this episode and others have helped you to find the community and belonging that you deserve. If you've loved being part of our community, please share this episode with your friends. You can find us on Apple and Spotify and other major platforms. Also, please follow us on Instagram at r underscore hood dot podcast. 